0: Welcome into the Nick Bob Podcast College Basketball Preview Edition. I am so fired up! It is officially here. Uh, I've been listening to One Shining Moment on repeat, and uh, I've loved every second of it. I'm 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 beyond pumped, man. I'm I'm ready to get things cracking. I'm ready to get things rolling uh I- i'll be calling games as an analyst for fs1 and btn this year it's my sixth year with fox sports one and i just love it i think we got an interesting uh year on tap in college hoops and i want to dive into it before you go any further make sure you subscribe to the podcast so you don't miss a single episode we cover a lot of different things have a lot of different fun with what we're doing and again the response from you guys has been really really cool getting uh, everybody uh you know, downloading the pod, reviewing the pod, uh, any feedback, the tweets, uh, Facebook, anything—just it, it means a lot, man. You kind of spread your wings and try something new in this podcast world, and it's—it feels great that uh, the response has been has been there. So uh, I appreciate it, but make you sure, make sure you subscribe so you don't miss a single episode of the pod. So with with college hoops this year, you know it's a season of new. That there are a ton of teams who are breaking in new and you know that's kind of college basketball nowadays that's kind of par for the course with one duns and transfers finding continuity with your roster can be really really hard and that's honestly why I think why I think the teams that do find that continuity usually have success in a big way you look at Villanova you look at Virginia those teams had a core that stuck together and they flourished and that's just that's just hard now That with the, you know, people transferring, people going pro, it's just, it's just challenging. So that's going to be kind of the, it's kind of the theme of college basketball and that's on display this year. Duke, brand new. Kentucky, brand new. Virginia lost a a good chunk of their core. Gonzaga, brand new. On and on and on. So when when I was going to put this kind of national college basketball preview together, I didn't, I, I, you know, there's a lot of different ways you can do it and go through a lot of different players or coaches or storylines. What I decided to do was just kind of go through the, you know, combing the landscape of, of college basketball. And what, what I ended up doing was I picked 11 teams that in, in my opinion, I deemed to be either super important teams, AKA teams that could go to the final four or just kind of interesting teams to watch Throughout the season in a variety of ways, so I'm gonna I'm gonna go through these teams. I'm gonna give you uh you know who I think are some players to watch, and then I'll, I'll I guess we'll pick a national champ at the end of this thing. But without further ado, here we go. We, we got to start with the preseason number one team in East Lansing, uh, Michigan State. Experienced, which again, like I said, is the model for success in March. If you're looking at recent history, you follow the Virginia, the Villanova model. The you know you, you want guys that have some continuity, some chemistry. Michigan State returns three of its top four scores, and they got the best point guard in the country. They got they got a guy in Cassius Winston. And I said it last year: there isn't a player that I trust more than Cassius Winston. Not a guy I trust more. Uh, not saying he's the most talented, but if I got to go to war and win one game. He's the guy I'm picking. So you have an experienced, super talented point guard with an elite coach and Tom Izzo. It's a great combination. Now, there, there are... A few things to look at. Number one, they do lo- lose a few key guys. They lost Nick Ward, big boy in the middle. Kenny Goins was a was a, a tough guy at that power forward spot. Uh, Matt McQuaid on the wing. I actually think the loss of Matt McQuaid is sneaky big. He was kind of the ultimate three and D guy. He was on the, uh, the, the Big Ten all-defensive team. Uh, and he was Michigan State's best three-point shooter. And listen, finding a defensive stopper on the wing and someone that can knock down threes – is something to watch for. I mean, it's important. You'd stick that guy on the other team's best, uh, best perimeter player, and you have him space the floor. Then offensively, that's an important role. But there's just a lot to love about this team. You know, you, we talked about Cassius Winston. The one thing, the other thing to kind of watch for is Joshua Langford uh, is is still out. He he missed the. Second half of the season last year with that that lower leg injury. Now they were able to navigate without him, but that's 15 points per game that you really need. And there was a lot of last year when when Langford went down, there was kind of a uh, people kind of counted out Michigan State. Like, ah, they, it'll eventually is going to catch up to him, and they they found a way to keep on churning along. But I think ultimately for Michigan State to kind of tap into their potential, they probably need Langford in the equation. To really help take pressure off of Cassius Winston in the backcourt, they bring back Xavier Tillman, who's a stud, tough, ten points, seven rebounds a game. He's going to anchor them inside. He's also versatile and can move. Same, and then you got two guys, in Aaron Henry and Kyle Arnes who are back. Good core glue guys, got to have a ton of ex, ton of experience last year. So you just you look at this team, the head coach, point guard combination, outstanding. Tom Izzo, Cassius Winston, it not get anything better, doesn't get any better than that. And so if I had to pick one team right now I'm most confident in, in making the Final Four, it would be Michigan State. Next team I want to talk about is Kentucky. And, you know, by now we got the, the John Calipari cycle in place, right? They bring in a group of, you know, McDonald's All-American, four or five-star guys. They kind of have some hiccups and bumps in the road early, and then they're great late in the year. And then what ends up happening is they lose a lot of those guys to the NBA draft, and they got to rinse and repeat that whole process. And this year is kind of no different. They lost three first round picks to the NBA, uh, the NBA draft. But one thing that's interesting is all four returners for Kentucky played, including Ashton Haggins, who started all, who started thirty games last year. So I think they're going to lean on Higgins early in the year, and I think he's going to be massively important. Again, started 30 games. He was the SEC co-defensive player of the year. He is great on that end of the floor, and he led Kentucky in assists. So he'll be a steady influence, setting the tone on defense and distributing the ball to those newcomers to get them into a rhythm. When you're a young player, it's – it's nice when you have a bunch of different things taken off your plate. You don't have to worry about necessarily trying to manufacture and hunt your own shots. Haggins can find can find you. Uh and then it's also nice when you don't have to necessarily guard the other team's, you know, top guard. If you're if you're a backcourt player, Haggins will handle that. And so I think he's super important. The name to 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 I'll give you one name to keep a, an eye on. Tyrese Maxey. 63 combo guard. McDonald's all-American he's gonna be a really good compliment to Ashton Higgins I think when it's all said and done when you get to March he's gonna lead Kentucky in scoring and uh, I mean he he can flat out shoot it he's got range uh he's a talented player so I I, I like that when I look at Kentucky I like that they have, they have experience to lean on especially with Higgins and then you got a bunch of newcomers that are super talented. I think the most notable guy is Tyrese Maxey. So with Maxey and Haggins in the backcourt, and and Calipari kind of w- having that group work through some things, I think Kentucky is going to be a team that's going to be right in the equation and factoring things in March. Uh, next team I want to talk about, go to the ACC, Louisville. You, you know, when you talk, whenever y- you you talk great coaches in college basketball, you better be including Chris Mack in that conversation. Y- you better be. The guy's outstanding. I got to be around him quite a bit when he was at Xavier with my role with Fox Sports and and th- them being the home of Big East basketball. So I got to see him up close and personal. And that guy can flat out coach, and that matters in college basketball, and it really matters in the ACC because you're going against guys like you know Roy Williams, Coach K, Tony Bennett. You better you better be you better be up to the challenge on the sidelines. Uh, so when when people go, okay, what do you like about Louisville? I'll say first thing I like is I love Chris Mack. But the other thing I like is they got a guy that could end up being the ACC player of the year in Jordan Wara. He was the ACC top, uh, top returning scorer because they kind of had a mass exodus of guys, but he's versatile, and uh, versatility kills. He's 6'7", he can shoot the three. And the other thing, so last year Chris Mack it was year one at Louisville, and it was his first year with Jordan, Jordan uh, Wara. Chris Mack will have a better feel for how to use him this year, where to put him on the floor, how to deploy him, spots he likes the ball. So I think, I think War is efficiency and number and all its numbers are going to go up. What will decide Louisville's season, though, is what happens at point guard. They got a grad transfer from St. Joe's, Lamar Kimball, 15 points per game. He was a three year captain at St. Joe's, uh, really savvy, poised player. I think ultimately that's going to kind of tell the tale. If, if Kimball's good, look out. Louisville could be Final Four good. If Kimball kind of struggles, then I don't know if they're, they're necessarily that kind of a team. But I love Chris Mack. I love Wara. And I think if, that, if the grad transfer PG hits for Chris Mack, look out. You, you'd be remiss to, to have any college basketball conversation and not include Gonzaga. I mean, I think, to be honest with you, this is just me personally. I know Gonzaga didn't win last year. But as we've seen, the best team doesn't always win in the NCAA tournament. Uh, I thought, when you you looked at the totality of a a team and a roster, I thought Gonzaga was the best team in the country last year. But they lose pretty much everyone from last year's team heading into this year. But here's the thing. Gonzaga, it's an elite program. So these new faces, these new guys coming in, they understand what the standard is. How about this? Gonzaga is the only program in the country to go to the sweet 16 for the past 5 straight years. I mean, think about that. That's pretty impressive. So they they understand the standard. And with their personnel, the one the one guy that you that that you you know is Killian Tilly. He does come back, but he's been kind of injury riddled. Only 15 points per game or 15 games last year, he had a foot ankle issue and you, you remember 2 years ago, Tilly averaged 12 points per game and he was supposed to kind of be the next Rui Hachimura you know, kind of a guy. And, you know, Brandon Clark kind of a guy. And he's a 6'10, stretch four, and you know, he can, he's, he's really talented. Forty seven percent three point shooter, sixty percent from two. So the guy's super efficient. They do have another returning starter in Corey Kispert. He uh, great shooter, tough kid, big bodied guy. They're gonna lean on him. I would say the guy to watch is Philip Petrusev. He could be the next good international big. He flashed at times last year, super, super skilled, 6'10. Uh, I think he'd be a guy to keep an eye on. And then, you know, at the backcourt spot, uh, they got two grad transfers, Armand Gilder and Ryan Woolridge. They're going to have to step in and produce. They came from kind of low, mid-major programs, so it'll be interesting what that looks like. But, you know, it's it, you'd be kind of foolish to count out Mark View and Gonzaga, but the one thing to keep an eye on is Gonzaga being in the West Coast Conference, they have to make hay, get quality wins, and be good early in the year because when they get to conference play, there aren't a lot of quality wins available to them. And that's an interesting dynamic this year because early in the season, when they're breaking in a new group of players, they could still be finding themselves early in the year when they play Arizona and North Carolina and Texas AM and Washington and they're in the battle for Atlantis where Oregon and Seton Hall are there. So while usually Gonzaga picks up a lot of quality wins and almost builds up that resume, so they they so they're they're good come selection Sunday early in the year, who knows how good Gonzaga will be early in the year. That's something to watch. Uh we gotta talk about uh Texas Tech and obviously a team that you know, it was right there, could have won it all, lost in the national championship game. And, you know, there's a lot of people that are ready to just go, okay, you know, you know, Texas Tech, they lose almost everybody, they're going to take a step back. Well, Chris Beard's the real deal. And remember, Chris Beard kind of just did this. Remember, Chris Beard, they're not like a flash in the pan. Like, they went to the Elite Eight two years ago. And they lose they, – so they go to the Elite Eight two years ago. They lost four of their five starters. Nobody thought they'd be anything. And what did they do last year? They won the Big 12. They went to the Final Four, lost in the national title game to Virginia. So it's kind of the same deal. They, they had a lot of success. They lost four of their five starters. A lot of people going, ah, I don't know about Texas Tech. Listen, I ain't ready to cut them, count them out. You know why? Because they hang their hat on defense. That's, that's their program identity. They, according to Ken Palm, they were the number one team, uh, number one defensive team in the country, and when that's the case, that can sustain you while you're finding yourself on offense, replacing a bunch of guys. The name to remember is Chris Clark, grad transfer from Virginia Tech, great athlete, tough. I think he'll fit in nicely with in Chris Beard's system. And here's the thing: they need versatile defenders, and you know because they like to switch a lot of things and press out and just get after you and they got a roster that I think can do that and I think whatever maximum potential this group has Chris Beard's going to coach them up and get out and get them out of it uh, the other one of the most interesting teams to to watch this year when you're looking for a mid major to keep an eye on Memphis you got Penny Hardaway as the head coach his second year and Memphis had the number 1 recruiting class that's right Number one recruiting class. All five guys ranked in the top 60. And you know what? They're likely going to start five freshmen. And when you look at them, the, when you look at just raw talent, there aren't going to be too many teams that are more talented than Memphis's. But experience matters. And that goes for coaching, too. Yeah, you look at Calipari and Mike Krzyzewski and, and how they can navigate, you know, four or five freshman starters. Well, I mean, Coach K is arguably the greatest to ever do it. You know, Calipari's coached for a long time. Like, those guys know how to navigate those things. Penny Hardaway, year two, I, I mean, I, I think that's something, that's a legit concern. If they can gel and come together and, and Penny Hardaway can kind of navigate all the the issues that come along with being a young and inexper- inexperienced group. I think this is like a Sweet Sixteen elite elite eight type of squad, but you know w- when you're young, y- you never know. The name to remember is uh, is James Wiseman. This guy, Hallman. Oh I mean, projected number one pick. He's seven one. He's left handed. He can handle it. He can shoot it. He can run. You watch this guy on on film, and it's like. He doesn't look like he's seven one. He looks like he's six six with the way he moves. But then, but he is seven one. I mean, this guy is is unbelievably talented. They're going to be fun to watch. Uh, starts with James Wiseman. Another team that's interesting to keep an eye on is Seton Hall. Uh, you know, there's there's a lot to like with Seton Hall. You know, they got the experience. They returned eight of their uh, top nine scores. Uh, they lost uh, in they lost to Wofford in the NCAA tournament. Uh, Miles Powell's back, All-American candidate, experienced, tough, confident. Um, And, you know, Seton Hall is a unique team to deal with because they they run a matchup zone for a good portion of the game, which kind of can disjoint you a little bit. I'm not ready to say they're Final Four caliber, mainly because they're just not a great three-point shooting team. They're ranked 281st in the country in three-point shooting, which was dead last in the Big East. And, you know, the inability to make threes – puts pressure on you to be perfect. And there's a lot of pressure on Miles Powell to score a lot each night. But I think Powell's the kind of guy that could carry them. They're a team to keep an eye on. We got to talk about the defending national champs, Virginia. And the reason I've taken so long to get to them is they kind of have lost a good chunk of their core. But, you know, if, if there's a guy who's earned the benefit of the doubt, it's Tony Bennett, right? I mean, Virginia is not a flash in the pan. What he's done certainly isn't lightning in a bottle. And, you know, I'm a Ken Palm guy, and Virginia uh, has finished in the top 15 at Ken Palm's final rankings the last six years. And that's They're a model of consistency, but it'll be tested this year because they lost their three leading scorers and really what was the core of their team in Ty Jerome, DeAndre Hunter, and Kyle Guy. That was Virginia. Tough, smart, winners, big, big shoes to fill. But I'm an identity guy. And Virginia has a crystal-clear identity, which makes recruiting way easier. You know what you need. You know what to look for on the recruiting trail. You can control pace. That's what they like to do. They, they, they run that pack line defense. They're patient on offense. And when you know who you are, that makes it a whole lot easier to recruit. It's almost like if you know what you're cooking for dinner, that makes going to the grocery store a whole lot easier when you're going through the aisles. But if you don't know what you're cooking for dinner, you're kind of going up and down the aisles and looking at different things. And before you know it, you got pasta and taco shells. And you're like, that's not what I want. The, and, and Tony Bennett knows what he's looking for. Now, he's going to lean on two returners. And Kia Clark, who was uh, a steady, smart point guard. Uh, not great size, but just a, just a kid that that's a winner. And then uh, Diakite. The great shot blocker, finisher around the rim. He's going to have to emerge as more of an all-around uh, scorer. He was kind of just a shot blocker, screener kind of a guy. He's going to have to, to elevate. Be interested to see what Tony Bennett's squad looks like. Uh, we got to talk about Kansas. Uh, I, I love this KU team. And it starts with, I mean, I, I'm biased because I people that don't know, I played for Bill Self his first two years at Kansas and ultimately transferred to Creighton and finished my career playing for Dana Altman. But I think Bill Self's the best coach in the country. I do. I think what, what he what he did, the 14, the, the Big 12 title streak, 14 in a row, I just, it's, it's ridiculous. I mean, because that, that ultimately is the true test of how good of a program you have. I think he's the best in the country. And so when you combine a motivated Bill Self with all the NCAA allegation stuff that has broke with the FBI things around Lawrence, with the, with the returning studs of Devon Dotson and uh, Yudoka Azabuke, combined with an influx of ready-made newcomers, I think this KU team is good enough to win it all. Now, I referenced that Big 12 title streak. It was broken last year. And that makes sense. I mean, LeGerald Vick, LeGerald Vick had a, a personal issue, left the team. You you had uh, Azabuki go down. Sylvia DeSoso wasn't eligible. Uh, Quentin Grimes ended up not being as good as people thought he would be. Like, they just had a lot of different things working against them last year. But there's a lot I like about this team, and it starts with Devon Dotson, their point guard. Love this guy. Tough, smart, great on defense. I think he's going to make a huge jump. He went through the NBA process, ultimately came back. Coach Self, when he gets good guards for a couple of years, they're pretty good. Devontae Graham, Frank Mason, those kinds of guys love him. And then you know I referenced Azabuki. He's back, and he's healthy. He couldn't finish the season last year because of an injury, and Coach Self – as much as, you know, basketball's become a guards game, he's kind of an, an inside out guy. With what they do, yeah, they run a lot of four out, one in stuff, but they do a lot of high low things and and ultimately when you play Kansas, you have to be ready to deal with a big boy on the block. And Azabuki is a load. They run the high low stuff, they they get guys rooted up the floor on the block and do the throw over. I mean, he's a massive dude and Asabuki changes this team's ceiling. I brought up Sylvia DeSosa. He's back and eligible after getting caught up in the NCAA FBI sanction stuff, and he's another huge body that changes their front line. 6'9", 245. Coach Self called him one of the most physically gifted kids he's been around, which is saying something. When you think about Marcus and Markeith Morris and Wayne Simeon and uh, Thomas Robinson, you know uh, it, they're, they're, he's had a lot of good bigs. David McCormick is a sophomore now. He's been branded as the most improved player, so pretty good at that front-line spot. And then you bring back guys that I thought were really, really good last year, And Oche Abaji, who out of Kansas City had his redshirt pulled kind of in the middle of the year and came in and balled. I mean, he's a big-bodied, really good wing that ended up being a really good piece that I think is going to only improve. Plus, Marcus Garrett is back, who's kind of a a glue guy, tough defender. And Kansas picked up an impact grad grad transfer in Isaiah Moss from Iowa. Outstanding. Three-point shooter. 40% three-point shooter. And listen, man, there's just no substitute for shot makers. They create space. They impact the play even when they don't have the rock. And he's going to make it hard to double Azubuki. He's going to make it hard to collapse on Devon Dotson's penetration. He And he's a guy in Moss that's played in multiple NCAA tournaments. He's experienced huge pickup. Plus, you know what, okay, KUE they're going to recruit. They had a, a really good recruiting class led by Jalen Wilson uh, and Tristan and Aruna. Both great size, versatile players. I think one of the big questions for them might be what happens at the four spot? You know, who plays alongside the bigs of Azabuki and company? Because if they do want to play high-low, you need to have a good, versatile piece there. That's kind of what Dietrich Lawson was, but then he had to slide and play the five because of injuries. But you need a guy that is good at the high post and can do some different things. Be interesting to see who they ultimately land there. Um, And, you know, there's just this team checks a lot of the boxes, though. Point guard, check. Size, check. Glue guys, check. Well, well coached check. And I, I don't know if I mean a lot of this NCAA sanction stuff's gonna get litigated and 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 you know pushed back all the way till the end of the year. I, I think if anything it'll motivate this group this year. So I don't think that'll be a distraction. It'll be more of a motivation. I really like this team. I think they're good enough to win the whole thing. How do you talk about college basketball without talking about Duke? Um now they they lost their their rock star trio of Zion Williamson, R.J. Barrett, and Cam Reddish, all gone. But Trey Jones is back. Huge for Duke to not have to totally start over. You got a great experience point guard in Jones. He has to improve his three-point shooting, but defense and passing and tangibles, all excellent. And Duke also brings back a few other key rule guys. Javin Delorier, uh, Alex O'Connell, Jack White all contributed in different ways on last year's team. So they do have at least some capable returners uh, on their roster. And Jones is more than capable. He's a really good player. And this year's kind of it's different. They don't have like that consensus top 5 pick in the NBA draft coming onto their squad. There's no Zion, there's no RJ Barrett, there's no Marvin Bagley kind of a guy at least on paper. Now one of these cats could emerge, but that's how it looks on paper. But obviously, they do have talent. Wendell Moore, highly t- touted kid out of North Carolina, 6'6", versatile inside-out dude, kind of been branded as like a positionless guy that's kind of basketball nowadays. Uh, he'll, he'll have a big impact. Vernon Carey, huge body, 6'10", 270. He's going to be, be able to anchor Duke inside. And then Matthew Hurt is a 6'9", stretch four, who was an elite scorer in high school. And I think he's really important because when you looked at Duke last year, The reality was they couldn't shoot it. They they really struggled to knock down shots from beyond the arc, and I think it ultimately hurt them. They couldn't stretch the floor. They couldn't knock down threes enough, and I think Matthew Hurt could really help in that regard in stretching the defense. Uh, With Coach K and how good they are at home, combined with kind of the veteran point guard and Trey Jones and a handful of incoming freshmen, I mean, I think it'd just be silly to think Duke won't be you know, in that top 10 to 12 teams for a good chunk of the year, and then at the end of the year, you never know. I'll stop short of proclaiming them a Final Four team right now, but they're pretty darn good. And the last squad I want to talk about is Florida. Look out for this team. First of all, I'm a I'm a big fan of, of Mike White. I think he's a really good coach. And he's got a chance this year to make some serious noise with that team in Gainesville. He's got a good core coming back. The The three freshmen who ended up uh, ended the year as starters last year, are all back. Andrew Nembard, Noah Locke, and Keontae Johnson. And they're, they're, they complement each other well. They're all different players. Nembard is the excellent passer, floor general point guard. Locke is a really good three-point shooter. And Keontae Johnson's kind of a, a versatile Swiss Army knife kind of a player. And they finished the year really strong. But the reason I love this team is they picked up the best grad transfer on the market, and that's Kerry Blackshear from Virginia Tech. Big-time player. Blackshear totally changes Florida this year. Raises their ceiling to a Final Four caliber type of team. He balances a perimeter-oriented team, and he provides them some experience uh, and and just kind of a veteran presence every day in that locker room and on the practice floor. Uh, he was 15.7 rebounds a game, second team All ACC. Uh, he's tough, he's smart, and he's a veteran on a on a team full of younger cats. I'm just telling you right now, don't sleep on this Florida team. They're good enough to win the SEC and potentially make a deep run in March. So those are kind of a handful of teams that that jump out at me. Uh, you know, whenever you talk about college basketball, you always go, okay, what are the must see TV guys? I'll give you I'll give you five. First one's Marcus Howard out of Marquette. Now, Marquette would have been in my top 10, 12 teams to talk about, but they lost Sam and Joey Hauser, kind of a bizarre deal. They they decided to transfer at the end of the year. Uh, And so a team that on paper was going to be really good, all of a sudden now is kind of uh, has a lot of holes to fill. But Marcus Howard, you know, he's had multiple 50 point games in college. He's going to end uh, his career as Marquette's all time leading scorer. This guy is capable for going for 45 or 50 any night. Must see TV. Cole Anthony, Greg Anthony's son. He's the point guard at North Carolina. This guy can really play. Good uh, good family ties, obviously, with Greg Anthony. Uh, Roy Williams always does well with point guards. When you think about Marcus Page to Raymond Felton to, you know, back to Aaron Miles and Kirk Heinrich. I mean, he's been really, really good with PG's. Cole Anthony's really good. I told you about James Wiseman, but I got to tell you again, seven-one lefty from Memphis, playing for Memphis. Uh, potential number one pick, must-see TV. Told you about Miles Powell. Uh he's a, a super fun player to watch, a guy that's capable for going for 30 40 any night. And then Cassius Winston, best point guard in the country. Uh absolutely love that cat. Uh it certainly doesn't look like much. Like if you just were playing at the YMCA, Winston wouldn't like jump out at you as like the your first pick, but that guy can just flat out play. Um you know, gun to my head, if I had to pick your national champs right now. I'd, I'd, go, I'd either peg Kansas or Michigan state, but it's just really like talk to me in a month or two, you know, like you get like, let me kind of watch these guys play. Like it's hard to, who is Kentucky? Who is Duke? Like who it's, it's hard. It's hard right now. Cause they got a bunch of new guys, but man, am I pumped? It's officially here. I'm going to go back to listening to one shining moment on, on repeat and uh, just getting, getting more and more excited. Uh, but college basketball, baby, it is here. Make sure you subscribe to the pod. Don't miss an episode of uh, the Nick Bond Podcast. Again, I'm going to be talking a ton of hoops. Uh, I'll have you covered in a variety of ways. Uh, so I appreciate you guys uh, downloading, listening to the pod, and uh, cheers to another great college basketball season. Peace. A Parkville media Production.